Well, it's good to be here tonight. I'm going to invite you to take out your Bible. And I, don't you have a key text? We're going to go ahead and dive in this morning. You're going to, there's going to be a lot of scriptures, so if you have the Bible app, this is a great time to have it close to you so that you can follow along, or you might want to write these down uh, as I go through the message. Tonight's going to be a little bit different. It's more of a teaching, and we've, really, we've titled it Baptism 101. And let me kind of share, share why. Last year, this is exciting news, and you guys need to give the Lord the highest praise after I say this, but last year, over all of our campuses, we baptized in water 571 people that were baptized in water. That signifies a change in their life. Amen. That is something to celebrate. And as we kind of turned the corner into the new year, and we were talk, I was talking with Pastor Jim, we're just excited what God is going to continue to do. And if you are new to our church, on the third Wednesday of every single month, we have baptisms. We do baptisms. And since this is something that is, has obviously grabbed hearts of people, and we had over 571 people baptized, we wanted to give it some time tonight to kind of go back and kind of understand why we do this. Now, for some of you that have already been baptized, here's what I believe this message is going to be. It's going to be just a reminder of how, where God brought you from, and you're going to celebrate with us. For some of you, you're going you're gonna to wonder why well, I've never taken that step. I have never taken a step to be water baptized. Well, listen, this will give you, this might be the prompting that you need to maybe take that, take that next step and be baptized uh, at the next time we have that service. And for some of you, this will be a reminder. For some of you, this is going to be the nudge that's going to get you to take that next step. But we love celebrating, and baptisms are special, and we love celebrating special special days because something happened whether it's a a birthday we love celebrating our birthdays we love celebrating anniversaries guys don't forget your anniversary never never forget your anniversary i'm not speaking from experience i'm not speaking from experience never forget your anniversary but we need to, we love these special days they mean something something significant happened and we celebrate that some type of transformation happened, and we always remember special days. You know, I was thinking about this message, and I was thinking about the transformation of, of caterpillars. You know, caterpillars, you know, the, you know, I'm going back to my earth science in eighth grade at Zachary Middle School. And um, I remember it was called metamorphosis or something like that, okay? But... Caterpillars just doing their caterpillar thing, just chilling, walking along the road. They're all good, going slow. They're just not in a hurry. That's, that's my kind of caterpillar, just not in a hurry. It's all just let the day come to me, you know, that type of attitude. But here's what I love about a caterpillar. Eventually, they kind of stop, and they just kind of build their own man cave. They get in there with their remote and they just kind of shut out the entire world and they just watch TV until they fall asleep for a long time. But before, before too long, all of a sudden they wake up and they bust out of their man cave and they, they begin to wake up. They're getting all the ojitos out of their, their eyes and everything and they begin to take a stretch. And then all of a sudden they go, shut up. <laughs> They're like, there, something different happened. Can I tell you, when you experience the love of God for the very first time, 
When you accept Jesus into your heart, when you recognize that you are a sinner and you confess with your mouth, you believe with your heart, and you invite Christ to come in, in that moment, can I tell you, a transformation happens. Something happens. I still remember to this day, I think I was seven or eight years old, and I remember being in a service with my parents. I remember just, it was packed with people. And I remember sitting in the back. I didn't go up to the front, but I remember the preacher saying, if you want to accept Christ, bow your heads and pray this prayer. And I specifically remember that moment. I can, in fact, I could still see myself. It was so significant in my life. I can still see myself. My mom was on my left. My sisters were part of the youth service in the, in the very front. So we were in the back. I remember praying that prayer. Now, I can't tell you what the preacher preached about. I can't even tell you what I said in that prayer, but I remember that I prayed a prayer that changed my life forever. I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. I have never forgotten that moment in Houston. I have never forgotten that moment because a transformation happened. And today, I want to talk about those, that special day of salvation and baptism. I want to talk about these, the water baptism, the sacraments, we need to understand why this is so important. And there have many, been many questions about this. It's uh, questions that go through, through different things we hear, traditions, some scriptural, some are way off the mark. Everything I'm going to talk about, I'm coming straight from God's, God's word. In the early church, they did not take this lightly. In fact, if Christ is the one who told them, once you preach the gospel, that you're to baptize people, that's exactly what he said. And with the, the, the other sacrament, when he talked about Holy Communion, do this in remembrance of me. When you drink, when you eat this bread, remember me till I come. These are the words of Christ. They have to be important. And if they were so important to Christ to tell his disciples to do this and, and lead this, it has to be important to us. If you're with me, say amen. I'll make sure. I want to make sure you're still with me. So they didn't take this lightly. They didn't take this lightly. And I don't want us to ever take this for granted. I don't want this to ever be something that we take for granted. I want you to even think about right now, around, somewhere around this world, what we're doing right here. People would probably get martyred for it because they can't express their freedom in Christ. They can't do it. Never, never take for granted the fact that we can come together as a body of Christ and worship together, but also we have the freedom to hear the message, receive it, and let it change our life. And here's the thing about when you look at baptisms, when you look at baptisms and communion, the common denominator of why we do these is because of the issue of sin. Because sin entered the world, God, God in his love for humanity had to create a new covenant with us. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Listen, there is not one person in here, even if you think you're all that, you're, there's not one person in here who has not sinned. We have all messed up. We have all done something wrong. And so this is the common problem for all of us. And God said enough is enough. He says, I'm going to fix this problem once and for all. And that's why for me, when I think about baptisms, when I think about uh, communion, taking Holy Communion, as, as a pastor, whenever I do that, I always say these very same words. This is never routine to me. There's nothing routine about, about leading people or myself partaking in a covenant that God, a symbol of a covenant that God made with us. There's nothing routine. This is not a, a check mark for me on my spiritual belt 
It's never routine. It's nothing. I'm remembering the blood that was shed for me. I'm remembering in baptism that I was once lost, but now I'm found. I'm remembering the length that God would go to save us. And we can never, never think of that as something that is just routine or a check mark. It is so much more significant than that. And that's why I want to take just a few minutes to talk through this and remind us. And I truly pray that some of you will, during the course of this message, you'll have that prompting. You'll feel what that is. That's the Holy Spirit's telling you, you need to take this step. Maybe it's a step towards salvation. Maybe for some of you, you've made that commitment, but you've never been water baptized. Well, this will be, this message will be for you. So let's first talk about it on your notes as you're following along with me. What is baptism? Well, it comes from from the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. That's why when we baptize people, we bring them down into the water and we bring them back up. We bring them underneath. We immerse them, putting them all the way into the water, and we bring them back up. Uh, this past, uh, I, last week when I was baptizing, I had this young kid that was asking me right before I was baptizing, and he asked me this. He says, does this mean I don't have to take baths anymore after I do this? I said, bro, sorry, man. Nice try. <laughs> You're going to have to do baths. You're going to continue to do that. But baptism, that's what it means. It comes from that word, and it means to immerse. If there's ever a scripture that we, I believe, is a great foundation for this message and really for what water baptism is, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Very well known to us because we look at this verse as part of our, our mission statement of making new. And it says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. You see, these verses, this verse right here, that Paul's writing to the Corinthian church describes what water baptism does. This is a clear picture of making new. This is a picture of somebody who had a course correction in life. They were once they were lost and now they were found. They, they came and they made a public statement that they're going to follow Christ. They're saying, you know what? I'm leaving my old life behind. And God is all about making new. I will often pray this with people, that God is a God of new beginnings. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? He is a God of new beginnings. God has, in his, he's, is so rich in mercy that he takes us the way we are. We come with all of our shame, all of our past, all of our mistakes, and we bring them to him, and he's a God of new beginnings. That's what making new is. God sent his son not only on a mission to to go to the cross, but on a mission to be raised from the dead and tear down the wall that separated us from God. And now we have the new covenant. So just like that special day that you remember of a birthday or, or an anniversary, I don't ever want you to, those that have been baptized, those that have accepted Christ, never ever forget that day. Never, ever forget. In fact, it, it needs to be even more important than your, your, your regular birthday. You need to write down that day when you spiritually were dead and when Christ came into your heart, you became spiritually alive. And here's what I want to remind us, all of, all of us, we would love, we would love to rewind our lives. How many know what I'm talking about? Wouldn't you just love to go back about 15, 20 years and the mistakes that you did? You, you just, what, do you ever ask it, say this to yourself? What was I thinking? We've all been there. And here's what the enemy is so good at. The enemy loves to throw our past in our face. 
He loves to remind us of the mistakes we've made, the people we hurt, the people we let down. He, he loves to remind us. You see, that's why it's so important that you always, always, always remember when you accepted Christ, that day that you, you were baptized. Because when he begins to throw that in your face, you need to just take a step back and just shake your hand no to him because you know that you are no longer that person that he thinks you are. You need to take a step back and say, you know what? I am a new creation because of Christ living in me. And don't let the past mistakes that, that, that you've made keep you from taking a step closer to God. Don't let him remind you about the mistakes because they have been covered underneath the blood of Jesus. And that is something that you need to stand on. And that's how you fight against those things when the enemy comes and tries to remind you of your past. Remember that he took care of that. That he is truly a God of new beginnings. And here's the key center of my, my message tonight. If you're following on the notes, it'll, be, it'll also be on the screen. That baptism is an outward symbol of an inward change. And it separates you from your old self. It separates you from your past sin. And that was the problem. We were already separated. We were separated from God. God sent his son to not only just uh, to die on the cross for us, but he sent Christ to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, the sins of the world. And because we were separated from him and God said, enough is enough. I'm going to make it right. So why, why is baptism? Why is it so important? And what is the meaning of baptism? So in Scripture, again, everything I'm going to be talking about, you're going to want to write these verses down or take them on your app and maybe read them later because I won't have time to read every single one. But in Scripture tells us that baptism is where, how we identify with death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Water baptism is a symbol of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Let's first took, look at death, Romans chapter 6. You can read that chapter. You know, in water baptism, we say that be, before God and all the witnesses that we desire to be dead to our past sins. When we are being water baptized after we accepted Christ, we be, the very next step needs to be that we get water baptized. When that happens, we are making a, a, a statement of the death of it's a, it's it's reminding us of the death of Christ that we are dead to our past sins that we no longer they no longer affect us Romans 6 7 says this that when we died with Christ we were set free from the power of sin amen when we died with Christ when we gave our heart to the Lord spiritually just said you know what it's I'm done running I'm done trying to make it on my own when we died with Christ when we accepted him in our heart, we were set free from the power of sin. I bet you right now I could probably find 15, 20, 30 different sermons that are in this auditorium right now where some of you were, you were just dead in your transgressions. You were dead in your sin. And somehow somebody through maybe a message or they were praying for you or they were talking to you, witnessing to you, you were introduced to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's the first thing that we talk about, the Bible talks about when it comes to water baptism. We identify with the death of Christ. The second thing we do is the burial. Colossians chapter 2 and Romans, and Romans chapter 6 continues to talk about this. Because you see, in the natural death, obviously, when, when something is dead and it's lifeless, 
Little by little, it begins to decay, and it'll eventually be completely, completely gone. That's exactly what a burial with Christ. When we go into the water, that's the symbol of that. That is the symbol we're saying that we are, we are leaving that old, old self behind, that we are, gonna, we're, we, are, we are coming up clean. It's as if you know, we're spiritually just being washed completely, completely clean. It's the burial. It's that we desire not to, to, to remember the former ways anymore, that we have changed. Even though we may have to face the consequences of our sin, and let me pause there for a moment. Listen, if someone has ever talked to you and said that once you accept Christ, everything will be perfect, everything's going to change, you're not going to have any more problems, can I tell you that is some wrong theology right there. God never promises that this life will be easy, but he does promise that he'll be with us every step of the way. And some of us, even though we come to Christ, we have to face the consequences of our sins or our mistakes. We have to work through them, and God can heal us from that. God can heal a relationship from that. But don't ever think just because you accept Christ, which is the best decision you can ever make, and you become water baptized, that you don't have to be responsible. That's not, that's not even biblical but God, in his mercy, when we, we're just letting that old stuff shed off of us, our old past life, the friends that we used to have, the, the things that we used to do, Romans chapter 7 assures us that our old relationship with sin is buried and it, and it affects us no more because of the power, power of Christ. Colossians 2.12 says this, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. The third thing that it reminds us of that scripture teaches us, it's the resurrection. And this is the fun part. It, water baptism, not only the death of burial, but it symbolizes a resurrection. It symbolizes a resurrection, something new. There's hope, there's, there's life I really felt this year that there was hope and there was life in my Dallas Cowboys. I really did. <laughs> I was so excited. They have resurrected. They were buried. They were dead, but now they're resurrected. I was getting all the Holy Ghost watching that game until they, you know, hey, hats off to the, to the Packers on that one. But resurrection, resurrection means life. Resurrection, resurrection means life. And think about this. God is, we're, God, God, as he teaches us in scripture, we're comparing water baptism to the resurrection of Christ. I want you to think about that for a moment. In fact, let me read in Romans chapter 6 what it says here. Romans 6 verses 1 through 8. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace of course not since we have died to sin how can we continue to live in it or have you forgotten that we joined him in his death for we died and were buried with christ by baptism and just as christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father i want you to remember that by the glorious power of the father now we also may live new lives since we have been united with him in his death we also may be raised to life as he was we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with christ so that the sin might lose its power in our lives we are no longer slaves to sin for we died with christ we were set free from the power 
of sin. Here's what I wanted, that's why I wanted you to remember this scripture, by the glorious power of the Father, by the glorious power of God. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that raises us spiritually from the dead. I want you to think about that. Some of you need to let that sink into your mind. That that is amazing to think that God, the same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead is the same power that God used to bring us back to spiritual life through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is something amazing. That's what water baptism is. That's what it reminds us of. That's what it signifies. Have you ever asked the question, why in the world did Jesus get baptized? Have you ever asked that? Why would Jesus be baptized? In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus gets baptized, and we would also say, well, why, if he was sinless, why was he baptized? Well, Matthew chapter 3, allow me to read this particular verse. In fact, you heard this past weekend, um, Pastor um, uh, Estrada preached that, preached from this text. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am, not, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Let me pause here for a moment. John, we know John the Baptist, he was the guy that was kind of paving the way for Christ. He was the one talking about the Messiah was going to be coming. And if you wanted to be baptized by him, you couldn't just stay in Jerusalem. You had to leave, go a little bit south, because John, he was just, the Bible talks about this is the guy who had a leather belt and ate locusts and, 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 and barked from the tree and whatever he, whatever he did. He, he was just this, that he was that guy. But he had such a powerful voice that people would literally leave the city of Jerusalem they would go down and find him so that, that he can, to one, they could hear his teachings, but also they can be baptized. It was his voice that began to prepare the way. And Christ comes on the scene here. Here's what we know in Scripture that we, we see in the, in the Gospels that we, we, we hear, we read about Christ's birth. And then he shows up about 9 or 10 or 11 or 12 or somewhere around there in, in, the, uh, uh, in, in the synagogue. And then it's just silent. We don't hear anything else until about 30 when he begins his ministry. And so here we find ourselves. That's the context of, that we're, I'm reading from. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism and Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. And he saw a spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And so why in the world would Jesus be baptized? Well, I want to talk about reasons why it was as I kind of begin to wrap this up. But first of all, the key thing that I think that this is so important is it really is kind of like the inauguration of, of Jesus Christ's birth, his, his, his ministry. Because it was from this point forward for the next almost three years that he would, he would really start his ministry. But it also probably supported John. It probably um, uh, just validated John's ministry because of he was the one who baptized Christ. But Christ is what, here's what he did. He publicly set the example of obedience. From the very, very beginning, from the very beginning, it was his example. He set the example. 
He set the example to, 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 to in his human deity as a man. He came down and he aligned, Christ aligned himself with us. I want you to think about that. He set the example in water baptism. He aligned himself with sinners because that's who he came to reach. He didn't come for those that were, were healthy. He came for those who were spiritually sick. I mean, look in Scripture. Where did Christ, you found him um, eating with the sinners and, and talking to the people that, may, that would, 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 do, would, would have given up on them, that they would never be caught dead with them. Yet Christ was one that would go right to where they are, meet them at the point of their needs, and express love to them. Christ showed his example. We're following. So why should we be baptized? Well, why did he be baptized? Because he was being obedient to his Lord. Why should we be baptized? Because we're following the example of Christ. And from the beginning of his ministry, you will find him time and time again, time and time again, where he's reaching out to the, to the ones that people discarded. Christ is reaching out to the ones that people forgot. Christ is reaching out to the ones that, that everyone didn't want to touch, didn't want to go, go towards. I even think about even the, the, the scripture where the, the woman with the issue of blood, we know that story. You know, in the Jewish culture, for someone to, to be bleeding, that meant they were unclean. That means no one would touch them. No one would touch them. That means that that poor woman probably, and, and, and here's what I gather from that, she probably been a long time since, since she's been, she was hugged or held or embraced. Yet Christ... Christ paused and healed her and accepted her. That is exactly what I'm trying to say today, that Christ, in his example of being baptized and in his example in how he approached sinners, we need to follow that same, same example. I'm going to ask David, Pastor David to come on back. We're not only following his example, but we're following in Christ's commands, but really following in, in Christ's obedience. He was clearly obedient from the very, very beginning of his ministry, he knew exactly why he was here. He wasn't, he wasn't going to take the long way around. He knew what he was going to have to carry on his shoulders. He knew the weight of the sin that he was about to carry. And immediately when it was time, and you think about it, it was fast, three years of ministry. That's, and he radically changed the world. But from the very, very beginning, he made it clear. He made it crystal clear of why he came to this earth. Yes, it was an example. It was really an inauguration of his ministry. But he was showing the way. He was showing the way. So we're to follow in Christ's obedience. Baptism of Jesus is so important. You'll find it in every single gospel. It is something that is so, so important. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. You see in the book of Acts, Peter speaks and 3,000 people get saved. And what's the very next thing that they do? They have the biggest baptism service probably that the church at that time ever had. It immediately went and began to baptize people. So yeah, it's, it's a declaration. It's we're following in Christ's obedience, but it's also, it's a public declaration. It's a statement. You're saying that I choose to follow Christ. 
And I want my family, I want my friends, I want pastors, I want people that are close to me. Most importantly, I want the heavens to open up and look down at me as I'm about to take this step after salvation. I'm about to take this public step and be baptized in front of the, in front of the body of Christ because I'm making a statement. I'm making a statement that I'm going to follow Christ all the days of my life. So it's obedience. It's following Christ's example, but it's also a public statement. But when, when should we be baptized? As soon as we follow Christ. As soon as we accept Christ. If you've accepted Christ and, as your Lord and Savior, the very next thing that you should do is be baptized. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Now this is a question as I come to a close. This is very practical. What age? People ask me this all the time as a pastor. Well, what age should, should a person be baptized? Well, here's what I would tell you. First of all, if you were baptized as an, as an infant, you know, that's beautiful. Listen, I, that, that's beautiful that you did that. But let me tell you what I believe in, in our doctrine of the Assemblies of God. Baptiz, baptizing infants didn't happen until like 300 years after the Bible was complete. Okay? In those days, they brought, they brought children to the temple uh, to present them, but it was really a challenge to the parents to bring them up in the Jewish culture. That's why we do child, uh, um, child dedication here in the church. We're admonishing the parents to lead their kids in, 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 in godly principles. And so for, for here's, here's what it comes to practically what age should they be. They need to be an age where they understand what they are doing. Where they understand that, you know what, that I'm a, I'm a sinner. I, I have, you know, the Bible teaches that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I also understand in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart and invite Jesus into my heart, I will be saved. There needs to be that understanding. Do they need to be perfect? No. Can someone maybe eight, nine, year old, nine years old understand that? I believe they can. But when it comes to, people ask this all the time, you know, the, the, what age do they need to be? They just need to be at an age where they understand what they're doing, what they're doing. That's why it's so important. It's so important. Because in that moment, it's in that moment where when we baptize kids, when I got the chance, when I was so honored to baptize Yasmin and Ethan, I waited. I didn't force it on them. I said, do you want to be baptized? And I talked to them about it. I said, well, do you know what it means? And it was when I could see the light go on and they understood, okay, yeah, we're different. Baptism represents being dead to our sins and coming up brand new. And that's when I knew that they were ready. I'm going to invite you to stand with me right now if you would. For those of you who, who you have been water baptized and you've been serving the Lord for many decades, many, many years, praise the Lord. But don't ever forget that moment. Maybe for some of you tonight just needed to be just that. You needed to remind yourself that maybe you weren't this completely horrible person, but you still had sin in your life and you needed a Savior to step in. Some of, we need to be reminded 
When we do baptisms here and you look, and you see, you walk in, you say, on the third Wednesday of every month, you need to come in and celebrate. If, you, <laughs> if you've ever been baptized by me or you see me baptizing, I'm, I want to give high fives. I mean, I'm taking selfies back there with the baptism candidates that I'm going to baptize. I'm hugging them. I'm just drenched because I understand what they're doing. I understand that the step that they're making and the proclamation that they're making, and it means the world to me that they're making that step. But I want you to never, 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 never forget that moment. For some of you tonight, maybe you've accepted Christ, but you haven't taken that next step. I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to take that next, next step. Just take, follow the, 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 the example of Christ and his obedience. But more than that, show the devil that you're never going to go back to your past so you can have that date in your pocket every time he tries to bring up the past you can just throw this date in his face because baptism is an outward symbol of an inward change we were separated by sin we were separated by sin and because of christ's death and his resurrection we now have complete access to the lord through grace I tell you, that's a reason to just be thankful tonight. Amen. Would you just for a moment? I'm going to conclude in just a moment. I'm not going to prolong this, but would you just for a moment with me as I pray? Would you just, uh, in fact, I'm going to ask every, I, I, I would probably dishonor the Lord if I didn't take this moment. Would you bow your heads with me? There may be some of you here this evening, you've you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. You, you've heard me talking about, um, about grace and being dead to our sins and coming up new and making new moment that, and you're like, I've never, never, never done that, taken that step. If you're here this evening and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, can I tell you, I want to pray with you tonight for that. So here's what I want to ask you to do, just very very quickly, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, would you just do a very bold thing and just raise your hand so I can see that? You've never accepted Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Now, here's what I want us to do. There's, there's a few hands that w- were raised. I want to give you that raised your hand some instructions before I dismiss, but I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. I want us to pray together as the body of Christ. And for those of you that raised your hand, though I'm leading you in this prayer, it's coming from your heart. I want to lead you in the sinner's prayer. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes and let's everyone as the body of Christ pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you because you died for me. You died for my sins, my past mistakes. And now I ask you to forgive me of my sins cleanse my heart from all the past and forgive me and now I ask you Jesus to come into my heart live in my life give me a new beginning spiritually in Jesus name Amen